Hello and welcome to the Video Gamer UK podcast. My name is Matt Lees and I'm joined by Chris Bratt. Hello. And Simon Miller. Welcome to the podcast. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going for a cheeky threesome this week. Oh, yeah, goodness gracious. How I like it. We're running on demand. We are running on like demand because uh, there haven't been any games out for a little while. And everyone's off doing things as well. Off, off kind of playing games for reviewing. Special next gen games. Ooh, oh, my gosh. Oh, how exciting. Next me. gen games. Next generation. <laughs> Next generation. <laughs> it's here, man. We're three weeks away from it's it. It's here. Three weeks? And three weeks? Yeah, I think three weeks. I'm still not excited. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, we said this last week. There's no games. And now there's less yeah. games. Because yeah, Watch Dogs and Drive Club ran away. So it's like, oh. And I wasn't even excited about them yeah. anyway. So There's a part of me. That, video games. There's a yes. part of me nice. that really just wants to get. Uh, and I know this won't be popular. Oh, God. But uh, oh, there's goodness. a part of me. Well, no, actually, it'll probably be popular with you, Miller. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I kind of do want a PS4 more, but. I kind of like the idea of playing Titanfall on a console. Yeah, no. it I, looks like a cool console game. Yeah, I'm, Titanfall. So, no, I'm, I'm probably with you on that one, I think. I mean, I could play Titanfall on PC. I am a big PC gamer, as fans of the podcast want to know, but mm. it's like I don't play FPS games yeah. on, on PC. No, I, I, know, I know the feeling you have. I mean, I've been siding with the PS4 pretty much since the announcement now, and I still am, but I... Don't know what I want to play on launch day. I'll tell you what, I haven't I'm, got. I, I don't know the PlayStation Four games that I really want to play. I haven't yeah, seen them yet. Knack. Well, that's it. I'm N- actually kind of like I saw some people talk about Knack the other day, and I'm like, what if Knack's really good? It could be really good. Like, you imagine know. that. Like, it could be those cutesy games can sometimes be otherworldly. The only problem I have with the the start of the next gen is there's only two original games now. I'm probably wrong, and people go, oh, you're wrong. But I mean, in terms of, we'll call it triple A in inverted commas, like Rise and Knack. Rise and Knack. Rise and Knack. Rise and it's not exactly the greatest arrival to a next generation, is it? You know what Rise and Knack sounds like? It sounds like Sexual. a... No, oh. no. Jesus, son. What? What's wrong with you? Knack and Rise, maybe. But Rise and Knack? No, it sounds like a, like a breakfast cereal. It does, rise actually. And rise and Knack. Rise and Knack. Come on, kids. There's every chance that Knack could be better than Rise. Uh, I know, I actually... Although, I, I, as I said before, the only person to like Rise right here, maybe. No, I'd put my right money here. on that, actually. I'd, I'd already, just from what I've seen put money on uh, Knack being a better game than Rise. I bet you Knack's yeah, really fun. That's... I bet you Knack is I, really, I, I, really fun. I, the bit I played was, wasn't great. Um, I really like Knack. Well, no, no, but it's really. difficult I'd... within those settings, I find. Like, um, whenever you just sit down and play a game um, at an expo or something. Oh, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, it's just, it seemed very basic, uh, much more basic than I was hoping for. Yeah. The whole mechanic of him growing as he destroys objects is really cool, I think. And I think they could have done something brilliant with it. It just seems very simplistic. Yeah. Uh, because the most important part of Knack, whenever they talk about it, it's particularly visually, Knack. it's like it, he, the actual character model and the way he grows looks amazing and the abilities he uses when kind of all the objects, he'll turn into like a tornado or something, looks incredible. The rest of the game isn't that, you know, well, isn't you that what, far ahead. That's it's the thing. It's like build. his little character model. Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, sorry. The thing I always think of these things is it's often they take a bit of time to unwind. And my only real faith in it is I was thinking back and I was like, obviously my mind was sort of still stuck in that zone of being like, oh, it's a stupid yeah. triangle Toblerone bastard from when we did yeah, the, it does like that. the it does PS4 like that. vid originally. Yeah. But um, I, the more I think about it, I think, well, actually, with the PS2, you know, we had like Jack and Daxter, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, 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 Russian Clank. Yeah, yeah. There's Sony has a really solid history. Crash of, Bandicoot, oh, yeah. uh, even Abe's Odyssey and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sony has a really solid history of having kind of 
games that look a bit like kind of cutesy kids games that are actually better and remembered more fondly than yes no I agree I totally agree later games Spyro as well I yeah think, you know. Know, that's why I'm holding out somewhat of a flame for it I mean I wouldn't buy, I think the difference is I wouldn't buy a console for it that's the kind of game yeah. that you kind of buy on launch day and it somehow worked into the package mm-hmm. that you bought oh I got Knack with it let's play Knack and you play and go oh it's fantastic and it looks really shiny and lovely yeah um, but we'll see I mean I love the fact it kind of in a way I think it really sums up the the platform holders approach to games now because you've got knack kind of cutesy a bit different and you got rise the most generic game of all time coming from microsoft yeah but i, I mean, do like rise i'm not thing. gonna pretend i don't i played it and i i gutted some people and i'd slashed my sword hitting x a lot <laughs> fine by me what's the thing it seems like it sounds this sounds crazy right but it seems like sony are taking knack more seriously than microsoft are taking rise because when I was uh, thinking maybe, about yeah. it with, with Mark Kearney, I read an interview with him and he was talking about how like it's a mascot game and you know they always make these mascot games at the start of a generation yeah. with a cute character. Mm-hmm. Kids like it, but then also they make sure that it's still fun for hardcore gamers. Like a Pixar yeah, movie. I, yeah. I, I love those as well. Like, I, I, yeah, I do. Wrong, I'm a huge fan of uh, Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. I, well, huge, they were like, boss. I absolutely love playing those. Um, I just I, I haven't seen in Knack yet that he's as interesting as those characters like no. I remember Ratchet and Clank I remember Jack and Daxter Daxter more so than Jack are interesting yeah, characters Jack. that I really liked Knack just for, I haven't seen his personality yet and to be no. fair that is as you said that's hard to get across yeah, in, in a, demo in a short demo yeah, but Rise feels very much to me like they just went we need to have a really fancy looking game do and you like Romans I think big Romans it just feels like they went Crytek can you make us a fancy and make it look amazing make it yeah. look amazing and I honestly, I honestly, we've said this before, so we'll, but I, I honestly think it's going to be like when the Xbox 360 came out and people bought games that were just like, you look at them for a minute and go, oh, look at that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Should we play Fight Night again? Like, oh, yeah, Fight and just, Night. And just take Fight it out Night. and play Fight Night. Like. Yeah, no, I do agree. But um, I will play Rise. Yeah, no, for better of course or worse. You will. I mean, I you know, anything with big men in it. You're, you're right. All, all over they it. beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> I mean, I mean let's, not, let's not, you know, pretend it's anything else other than that but it's yeah I, I don't think in in three years we're gonna be looking back at rise and going wow wasn't rise a fantastic arrival of the next but generation? yeah it's super close i mean and actually i wonder what the deal is going to be because you know what it feels different this time the next gen for lots of reasons but it feels to me like um i wonder if actually the next gen transition is going to be a bit hard for i think it's gonna be one of the hardest most yeah. definitely because it's not you know the ps2 well, so the PS1 to the PS2 and, you know, the... People want a DVD player. Yeah, but also just the, the sheer shift. I mean, the N64 was the big one, wasn't it? Because, you know, the big shift to 3D yeah. was something genuinely different that you'd never done before. And it yeah. worked. So it was like, oh my gosh, games have completely changed. And to the point that, you know, a lot of publishers ran away from 2D. You know, mm-hmm. like Capcom and stuff. You know, remember when Street Fighter, Street Fighter went back to 2D? I was like, oh my gosh, 2D. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Cause <laughs> yeah. It was like, I remember when I saw Mario 64 for the first time, it was like, whoa. Like, yeah. I still had a Mega Drive at that point. Exactly. And the, the, the change was mammoth. Yeah, it was insane. It was like, but I. I, I yeah. It was magic. Yeah. It was genuine magic. Exactly. And now what do we have? We have the games that we've been playing the last seven years. Admittedly, they look prettier, and I'm sure they'll sort of push the technology yeah, but harder. Just... But they're, you can play them on the Xbox 360. Yeah, you won't yeah. get as good as an experience, but they are the same game. And that's the thing. Yeah, we've got all this cloud stuff, but that's like I honestly think the clouds can do some interesting stuff. But at the moment, not it's for like, a while. Yeah, what, I mean that's in the hand of developers to make it exactly. Interesting, yeah, especially with the launch titles, you you wonder how much of that they'll have uh, managed to delve oh, into none. yet none I mean uh, not nothing I mean that's the thing is when they announced it it was a sort of thing where I was like listening to them talk about the tech and it's like this is really interesting technology yeah, that but could no change yeah. games 
completely. But no game other than but Forza. No one's done it yet. Forza seems to be the only one that will do it with its, what's it called? Driver Tar. Oh, I love that word. It's a great idea. It's, it's, I don't want to use it. I hated but. it when I first heard it and I just... To be perfectly honest, like, I mean, I can say this because Dave's not here. I know he's a big motorhead, but like... He likes Forza. Yeah. The idea that when I'm driving, that one of the cars that I'm racing next to is modelled on the way my friend drives. As if I'm going to bloody notice that. It's just people driving cars. <laughs> like, well, it's like, oh, that guy's good at turning corners. It must be my friend Stephen. <laughs> like, I just think it's kind of like I'm sure it's going to be legit science. Yeah, but it's fucking boring. Oh I, yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly. <laughs> I, just, I just like hearing them talking about a driver in the clouds. It just sounds driving like, in the clouds. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I I think it was um, Adam Cecil was that, that did a video on this topic earlier last week, uh, just talking about this kind of next generation feeling like less of a celebration it, it, people aren't as yeah, excited about it take a while it. to get there yeah there's something circles, weirdly dutiful about and it and also the, the public they're not the publishers the, the Microsoft and Sony themselves uh, it seems a little bit more uncertain um, yeah well, I mean, it just feels very much like close your eyes and think of next gen. It's just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. there's something a bit dutiful, like, you know, tying up your shirt. There's just nothing exciting about it I at mean, all. I do, I do appreciate Yet. that yeah. they yeah. have shifted the paradigm somewhat because I was watching someone, or maybe not someone, playing maybe a game that's about pirates or maybe not a game about pirates. And oh, right, yeah, I happened sure. to see it running on current gen technology. And it does look worse oh, than yeah, it, it would have done worse. because I've seen it running on PS4 now and you're just like... Good grief! Like, well, yeah, but the, the the changes are subtle. The changes aren't like I say the, these big leaps. You don't actually subconsciously you're actually picking up all these things. So when you go back, you, it is that weird thing where you start to notice frame rate more and stuff. Mm. And you're like, I didn't know this game ran without a frame rate, but it does because now you've seen how much smoother and you know how how better games are going to become. Yeah, and, so and that that is obviously we're as, as cynical things. as we're being. It, we will all notice that and all enjoy yeah. it immensely. It's just well, it's, yeah. I. I I get excited about games. games. Come first. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Graphics are great, and I, you know, big steps forward are always going to be appreciated. But I, I just need a game to latch onto. I need, I need this to be my next gen game. That's like that's it. And it's, it's this thing of like, you know, I mean, yeah, they are getting noticeably worse. And we were talking about this with Battlefield. Like, it's, it's the thing is, is the 360 always managed to punch above its weight for a long time. Yeah, it did. It was yeah. always the target platform. Exactly. Yeah. And now it's not. Mm. Suddenly. It's like games coming out now look way worse than games that were coming out like a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah not, maybe. Because like, they've just sort of stopped optimizing them for it. Yeah, because they they're go, building on PC, they they're next gen, yeah. they're current gen. And yeah. then they just go, well, we can just turn the settings down for the 360 version. Yeah. They've already stopped caring about it. That must be quite nice from the developer's point of view in some yeah. respects. It's just like, that console, man. Yeah. We've done with it now. But what I wonder, I kind of get the impression now, right, because it is really, as we've just highlighted, it's a tech upgrade, right? It's basically... At going, the moment, definitely, yeah. 100%, it's you going yeah. like, I want to play the same games, but I want them to look nicer mm, and run, run smoother, more smoothly. Yeah. Um, but that's really weird because you know what? Like when you get into that zone where like you play a game and you're actually going to willing to spend 300, 400 pounds purely for that, mm. that's kind of the mentality that not a lot of people have. That's my mentality. That's the mentality often of PC gamers. Yeah, no, you so will go yeah. out and say, hmm, th- th- my PC's a bit outdated, I'm going to spend £200 on a graphics card yeah. and make it look awesome again. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's actually also dad mentality. Remember when the, the Xbox got announced, we sort of, we refer to it as like the dad box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's still on that because it's like, it's the sort of people who go, went out and bought Blu-ray. Yeah, and HDTV's really early. I stuff, just yeah, wonder yeah. what the, because the problem is, like the whole reason the Wii U got shafted was just because, you know, they yeah. needed support. 
or right to use the cool features. Yeah, nobody gave it to and me. I just wonder how many people are going to go and buy these straight away. I can't imagine my dad just standing in front of the Xbox One with his arms crossed and one of his friends standing next to him and he's, he's running through all the specs. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, oh, I've a bit of money on this it. kit and it's, it's, you know, it's top of the range, really good stuff. And then, then his friend says, oh, cool, what, what games do you want to play? So what? Oh, yeah. Good no, that won't work with like, um, They'll play FIFA and they'll love it. <laughs> That's the thing. It seems yeah. like it's it's a bit of a step backwards in terms of uh, the kind of market impact the games are having, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just not that big a leap. It's That's back to dads thing. and teens, again, of being, like, you know, uh, excited Yeah, hardcore guys that will, will adopt it early. But, you, I, I mean, even the guy from Ubisoft said to us, we won't see proper games till Christmas next year, like 2014. Yeah. So he thinks that. Mm. He's probably not, you know, probably knows the industry quite well, I imagine. So, I, mean, I think we've got a long... You know, maybe it starts with Titanfall. I don't know. But even that's coming out. Tell you what, though, my big question is because now they announced the other week, which really excites me, that the PS4 pad actually now will be day one straight out of the box. You'll be able to hook it up to your PC. Yeah. Oh, can you? Yeah. They've never done that before, have they? They've never done that before. I mean, the DualShock 3 works now, but it took a while until that came out. And you know what? Like, I don't know. After all my years of slagging off the PS. Three controller. It is garbage. I tried to play FIFA on the other day. Waste of time. The PS4 the controller zone. is really nice. Though. Yeah, Burns was saying mm-hmm. as well. And I've actually held both now. I was playing around with the PS4 and the Xbox One controller. And a lot of people love the Xbox One controller. I do love the Xbox One controller. But I don't know. I actually kind of think I prefer... I haven't used the PS4 controller yet, so I can't say. It's got a lovely weight. It's yeah. got a really nice weight, a really nice feel. I, I think both of them, I think both both of them are really, really good. It's For me, it's still that kind of... I, I still need to get used to having, you know, the the joysticks on a horizontal plane it's still a kind of a weird step after spending so much time with the 360 pad i know but they are both it's, it's a lovely the pad. difference isn't isn't there as it has been this generation yeah but that's the thing because I, I know i'm gonna buy one of them day one mm. it's funny this is shows how much the time has passed now years ago i would have been like I, I would definitely be getting one of the consoles day one yeah whereas now I'm definitely getting one of the controllers they want. <laughs> yeah, well, no, dude. This, and this I don't know which one. You horrible man. Well, no, because no, they're, they're awesome controllers. They are really good. I mean, the amount of millions of dollars they pour into R&D on those yeah. things is insane. So you're always going to get and a both pretty like good product. 50 quid, right? Mm. But, I mean, like, it's going to be worth it. Just oh, it's just... better than any other controller you Because at the buy, moment, maybe. you can only use without buying all this bollock stuff for the PC. Yeah. You have to use a wired Xbox pad yeah, yeah, yeah. for the PC. And if, if they get the wireless support for like the PS4 pad or something, that'd be just be awesome. Sit back on my bed and play PC games. Wow. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There you go. Controllers, next gen controllers. Confirmed. I honestly think controllers are the most exciting thing at the moment. Nothing wrong with that. Which is uh, <laughs> insane. Nothing wrong with that. Because I thought I was mad at E3 when we were going through, and um, I, the only thing at E3 I really wanted to try <laughs> was uh, the, the force feedback paddles on the I do like them I didn't want to see any of the games yeah. I was just like can I have a go on that controller it's so good in Forza I mean skidding around it's fighting you oh, I love it it's probably pointless but yeah, I really enjoy see, it I haven't tried it in, I've held them but I've not tried it in action yeah, it's yeah, really so. good I can't really remember if, if I've told this before but uh, did I say that when I played Battlefield on the Xbox One um that everyone that was playing was all hooked up on the the mics uh, so like everyone oh, yeah. in your party was in the same was in the same kind of uh chat with each other which is a great idea and a really weird idea when you're at an event and you yeah, don't know yeah. any of the people. And at first, people are like, oh, yeah, the controllers feel cool. And did you feel that vibration? And then suddenly we noticed that there was a, uh, a little box at the top saying, uh, connect, can't detect where you are, stand backwards. And then for the rest of the game, first time a lot of people played Battlefield 4, 
all we talked about was the fact that it was weird that Connect was trying to, to view us and people just started slagging off the Xbox One. There you go. I always find it really weird when they do that. Group they do that at review events Mob. as well. Like they have like the multiplayer and they set it up with... Um, no one talks. No one talks. <laughs> no one talks yeah. to each other. Because they've got these full like state-of-the-art usually, like yeah. really high-end headsets with microphones yeah. and everyone just sits there in silence. Yeah. <laughs> because either like you don't... You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. Hit the flags. Who no, starts giving people guy. orders. Yeah. And also, like, you know, you often, you might know some of the people, you don't know all of them. You just, often, like, you're trying to think about the game, and so you don't want to talk to people. But it's weird, because I remember being at a preview event for Mass Effect 3 before it came out, and I had the multiplayer, and it was really frustrating, because I knew I had to, I had, like, a massive feature to write for the mag. It was, like, 20 yeah. pages or something. So Whoa. I really needed to, like, play yeah, this. Down. I need to play this multiplayer, like, and get it. I need to really get a feel for yeah. whether or not it was good, what it was like. And the group I was in playing it with, we're all the guys from Famitsu. <laughs> oh, dear. So it was literally me and three Japanese guys yeah. who didn't speak any English. <laughs> and I mean, they weren't saying anything anyway to each other. They were just sitting yeah. in silence. Um, but it was impossible because the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, at the time, I'm sad to say, I think I, I couldn't even really tell if it was good or not. I actually kind of. I didn't of thought, like it, but I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was good. Yeah, when I it came it was out, good. It didn't suit me. In the review, I loved it. I was like, when I actually got to play it, I'm yeah. like, this is wicked fun. Yeah. But um, at the preview, it was this thing of being like, I knew we did actually have to communicate and actually have to work together. You have three Japanese guys. But it was impossible. But what yeah. I did like was the fact the only thing that tied us together was the universal language of colour and the fact that the first thing all of us had done was change our yeah, yes, bright nice. pink shepherd armor. Beautiful. Beautiful. Bright pink armor all uh, the way. Yeah, Love it. That was the, the best part when uh, they, they eventually introduced Krogans, which are the, the yeah. big chaps. Um, and you could have them in bright pink Big armor. pink Krogans. That was, yeah, that was the best part. Genophage. It's just universally cool. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll jump on some games. <laughs> that came from nowhere, that did. Yeah. Well, Enjoyed it. It's therapeutic. Well, you know, we, good right now. You know it's one of these podcasts, like we had on a couple of episodes, actually, where we just pretty much didn't talk about games the whole thing. Yeah, the industry became the industry a game. One. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's another quiet week, so we thought we'd uh, have a bit of a ramble first. There is one game coming out this week. But we'll we will talk about that next yeah, week well, potentially. I mean, we, we we you can update us on the news story because I think that's valid. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, it hasn't gone up yet, but um, yeah, I mean, basically, Batman Arkham Origins is out this week, as mm-hmm. you all know. Comes out two days time. It's Wednesday days. as we record this. If you listen to it late and you want to know exactly where we are, what we're doing, comes out on Friday. And as of yet, we have not received review code. Yeah. Um, we're told we're not going to be receiving it till Friday. Which oh, is the day of release. Yeah. Now we, uh, that's all we're going to say for now because we have asked Warner for a reason why and they have decided at this point not to comment. Yeah. So that's all we'll say to you keep you updated. You liked when you went to the preview event, didn't you? Well, like, no, it yeah. was, it was... I've played that game four times now. I played it once in multiplayer and three times in single player. And each time I think that Warner Brothers Montreal... I come away thinking, Warner Brothers Montreal, you've done a very solid job with somebody else's technology. Now that's not mm. to say it's going to be as special as Arkham City, but I think if you just want some more Batman action and you can sort of farm that stuff out and you've got a solid enough team who can make it work, then fair enough. I mean, you know, it, it's obviously there to make money, to make profit, and to tie into a franchise that is now universally loved. Yeah. But but obviously, when you're not being sent review code until the day of release, who knows? I mean, we're not saying anything here, but generally speaking, there tends to be a trend that when you're not, and we're not the only ones, a lot of people seem to have not been sent it. Yes. When you're not being sent review code until day of release, it usually means quite bad things. So or I just say be careful like with this. If you, if you were thinking about buying it, I definitely hold off to see what the reviews say. I, yeah, and I would also say that some people in the US, uh, in terms of retailers, have broken the street date. So there are blogs out there of people reviewing it now. So I would just type in Batman Arcoins review and check it and you can read them. 
And all I will say is, and this is me, Simon Miller, the individual. You're a massive, yeah. You're a massive. I'm a massive. I love this series. I love this series. I gave Arkham City a 10. I'll stand by that till you know, the day I die. But all I will say is, read these reviews. And I've read four of them um, of blogs I've never heard of. I think one's called Video Game Dracula. So it's not like a big deal. No, yeah, no, sure. It has got a score well, potentially that may disappoint you. Yeah. That's all I'll say. But we don't know. Until we play it ourselves, how can we possibly say? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Just, just uh, be vigilant. Exactly, exactly. With the vigilante, like be vigilant. Games are expensive. You've got to, but you can't be messing around with exactly. these things. You know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, in terms of the games we have been playing, obviously, actually, I should mention actually on something else that's out this week, um, which came out last night. I think Eldritch came ah, out. Oh yeah. yes, the wonderful Eldritch. Yeah. They even won me over that game. So that's a great. Is that game. out proper now? It's out proper oh, on Steam. I think it's eight quid this week because it's like twenty percent off, so it's usually ten quid. Did, yeah. did you play it in early access? Was it? Or did I did. I'm interested to see like how they tweak things up. I think they've added a kind of harder new game plus mode because actually it's it's not supposed to be that hard. Apparently, it's they, they want it to be kind of like a rogue, like a rogue game, roguelike game that's not. I, lo- I love when people make a game that's got roguelike aspects and they're not sure what to call it. I think we were playing Nuclear Throne and they, their term was roguelike like. Yeah, <laughs> it's so a hard don't... game. Nuclear what Throne. What was? Uh... I still roguelite, roguelite is what? the best. Roguelite one. was roguelike, yeah. wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I think they've done a good job. I mean, actually, I got the impression that within a couple of days, I've got like maybe two thirds of the way through it. But obviously, mm. when you die, you have to restart. Yeah. Uh, it seems like not the longest game in the world. It's not the toughest game. If you're a hardcore roguelike fan, you might not like it. But if you basically, it seems like the sort of game that if you enjoy creepy atmospheric games. That's the thing, the atmosphere is so good. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've got a video up on the website. If you go onto the website and type in Eldritch, it's E L D R I. C-C-H. Yes, <laughs> I can do spells. Good job. Um, then check out the video because that's a lot of fun. Yeah, honestly, it's genuinely very impressive. I think it'll win. If you give it the time, I think it'll win you over more than you may think. I hope it's going to do really well because yeah. I think it's a really interesting game. I think a lot of people look at screenshots and just glimpses of it and go, oh, it's just another Minecraft clone. But it's yeah. definitely something a bit more interesting than that. Oh, it's yeah. really well made. It's really, really well made. good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what have you been playing this week, Chris? So The most interesting game I've played uh, since the last podcast, and one of the most interesting games I've played this year, I think. Oh, my God. If you, if you can even call it a game, which I guess could be a discussion, <laughs> is The Stanley Parable. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's a game. Oh, can I do it? Would you call it a game? Would you call um, the Stanley Parable a game? No, no. I mean, I've been playing it. I mean, there is there is the thing is, I've been playing it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I played it for about an hour the other day, and it is a game in the fact that you have uh, decisions. There's a decision. There's a choice. There's an end. But the thing is, there's only really one choice, and the game all comes down to that one choice. Right. And it's quite simple. It's basically, it's a game with a narrator yeah. and the narrator tells you what the character's doing. Mm-hmm. But the narrator tells you what the character's doing before the character does it. So it says, Stanley walked through the door to his left. Uh, yeah. so and then you follow his instructions. And the whole game right. boils well, you down don't have to. to. You can, there'll be two doors, there'll yeah. be a left and a right and you can go, he'll say, and Stanley walked to his left. <laughs> and the whole game really revolves around this initial decision in the fact that basically he says, Stanley walked through, there were two doors in front of him and Stanley walked through the door to his left. Yeah. And we won't talk about the game much more than this because... Yeah, I, I, most it, of the stuff I've read said don't it read too into much. Spoilers, yeah. But what's lovely is it really just boils down to this idea that the narrator is telling you what you're doing and you can either choose to just completely, completely yeah. obey and see what happens if you go through the story exactly doing what he tells you. And the outcome of that is very interesting. Yeah. Or... There are plenty of stages where you can choose to rebel. You can choose to do the opposite or do something different. Mm-hmm. And it's such a. It's, the reason it's so clever is because it, there are so many ways that you can basically try and trick the game. Yeah. And the thing that's amazing about it is that the narrator, it's so dark. If you do as you're told, it's kind of all right. But yeah. as soon as you start misbehaving, he starts kind of poking fun at you 
as a player it as almost, well. Right. Yeah, it, it breaks the fourth wall. It gets very weird. Oh god, the fourth wall is well and truly smashed. Um, yeah, yeah they, they, I think that that's that's the kind of first layer of it as well. It gets it gets really. There, there are a few moments that I really um, look back at fondly with the Stanley Parable, which I I don't want to go into specifics because you need to experience this yourself. But yeah. that is the first layer. There'll there'll be a decision, and he'll say, and Stanley walks this way, and you can go the other. But there are also moments where. You kind of think, right? You know what? I'm going to break this game. Sorry, he's this. You're not as clever as you think, and you'll do something that you think no one else has tried before. And then there's about five minutes of narration about that exact thing that you've just done, yeah. where it, Expl- it takes like, the piss out it, of yeah, you. Yeah, like dissects it. It's almost like it sounds incredible. It, 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 it sounds like my perfect. Game it is actually incredible. I tell you what. It basically, it's it's almost like a. A, a really intelligent dissection of the first person genre and games and gamers and yeah, how we yeah. play and why we play and our expectations yeah, and narrative setups. It's incredibly I think, clever. I think that that last point actually, the it's it has so much to do with you what you expect of the game when you start and it it really relishes in kind of poking fun when when it goes against your expectations and yeah. oh, it's. And what I was surprised by, actually, because I was, I was expecting it to be funny. I'd seen the trailers. I know the guy who makes the game has clearly got an amazing sense of humour. Yeah. I knew it'd be funny. So I was expecting something like that would just be daft and make me laugh. And at times it has made me laugh or made me smile. But what I love is how quickly my smile will turn into genuine, like, uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually quite distressing at times. Yeah. It's very, like, dark and... It's amazing. There are a couple of moments in it which I found like quite disturbing almost mm-hmm. and not in a traditional way. There's nothing gory or unpleasant about yeah. it. Just the way the character starts, the narrator starts to talk to you and the setups and the... And it's just... Honestly, like this is a weird term that gets banded about a lot with games that are usually very pretty and flowery and have yeah. deep thoughts. But I actually think this is one of the closest examples in my mind from my uh, um, description of it as actually games being art. Yeah, and I'd agree. I think it's it's interactive art, it can, yeah. and it, it's entirely dependent on you being familiar with games and yes. and games of a similar nature to the Stanley Parable, at least at first, the kind of walking around exploration. And it, the way you feel as it kind of um, reacts to your expectations, that, that feeling it is something you'd get from looking at art, I think, yeah. from looking at a painting and kind of reflecting well, on it, a lot what of, it's saying um, to you. A lot of really kind of um, major art pieces that are really successful, like always riff off, like, you know, like a lot of really standout pieces were now you look at them and look at them as classic, but at the time it was the fact that they were actually kind of making a point about the norms or you yeah. had to have a knowledge of the art of the era to really appreciate why yeah. it was so clever. Um, and obviously, like, that often gets lost really easily in history when we just look at paintings and stuff, we just go, well, that's a nice painting. When actually, if you read up on it, it's like, well, actually, at the time, it's stuff like Picasso. We look at that and just go, oh, yeah, crazy paintings. And everyone's like, no, no, no. At the time, like, nobody had done this, mm. like, ever, really. Yeah. And this guy used to paint photorealistic paintings. Yeah. And he was the, one of the best painters of his generation. He just decided to start he made drawing a these mental things. I, I actually think in a lot of ways, that the, we, I mean, yeah, the games have struggled with this for so long, but the idea of, like, we, we want other people to take us seriously. We want people who like films to take games seriously. Precisely. There's no other media. Um, the, probably, probably the closest you could come to is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book that takes the Love choose-your-own-adventure books. But no, no other media could do the Stanley Parable justice, I don't think, because it, it has no. to be you playing it. And it has to be your feelings towards the decision-making. The, they're always the best, aren't they? Well, games like where you, you play, play them, them and you think you couldn't do this anywhere It's like else. if yeah, you've I, played uh, Bioshock. Like, yeah. you know, that, that big the twist. I and mean, I'm not going to say any more on that, but it's, it's kind of like that, but yeah, it sounds like that. sustained yeah. and smarter in a way. 
And it, yeah, it's just it's mental how how well crafted it is. And you're right; it's the fact that games do aspire to be like. And that's why I quite like Gone Home. I think Gone Home was actually a bit overpriced, really, but it was a great experience. Mm. I think it's actually fifty percent off this week. Literally, I'd say they've slashed fifty percent um, this so week. I, so. I think for that price, it's worth having a go. Yeah. And that's a game again. I won't say anything about it, but it does use video game expectations um, to its advantage, and it does something quite interesting that I really appreciate. Very mm. short game, but again, that's something that only works because it's a video game. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best um, games. But this this is like much more direct with that. Mm. Gone Home is quite subtle. It, it uses horror game tropes and stuff to kind of make you feel yeah. uneasy. Yeah. The Stanley Parable's like, you, you there, you playing. Yeah, you, player. Check this. I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible. It reminds me of a, um, a thing I did called You, Me, Bum Bum Train, in which... Ah, yes, You, Me, Bum Bum Train. <laughs> it was a theatre thing I kind of went through and then right. I ended up being a part of, where the okay. idea was that every person was a passenger, right? So instead of having a theatre thing where you have an audience of 100 people yeah. watching three people on stage it's like you've reversed that right so you have one person going through at a time and you have about 150 people in the cast and it means that what happens is every room you go into is a completely new scenario right and you are the only person in it who isn't an actor and you are also the center of it good grief it's the most amazing thing i've ever done terrifying that sounds intimidating it sounds intimidating but what's interesting about it is it isn't because you i mean i i loved it but my girlfriend who's really she's the opposite of me in many regards she's like a a girl introvert she's a woman (laughs) woman. (laughs) so many things that are just i don't know how we get on really um but no she was like a bit frightened about it because this idea of being the center of attention but Mm. because it's a weird fantasy you kind of stop, it stops feeling real really quickly. Yeah, I guess it And would. you just start to fall into it. But again, that's one thing that's based on expectations because yeah. the scenarios, when I first did it, there was one where I went into an ultra scan machine because I was in a doctor's room and they asked me for my name and stuff. And then I lay down on an ultra scan machine and I went into the ultra scan machine and it was very creepy and very weird. I was literally lying on a table being rolled backwards into it. And then uh, I got to the back of the ultrasound machine and I kept going. And then I was in a sushi restaurant on a sushi conveyor belt with people <laughs> looking at me as if I was a piece of food. And then I kept going through the sushi restaurant and I was on a conveyor belt in an airport. And I was basically like people looking for their luggage and looking at their watches. This is madness. And then I went through another room and I came out underneath the chassis of a car to which I heard two mechanics. I could see their feet and I could see a lady there talking to them. And the two mechanics saying, I don't know what's wrong with it, love, but I think Matt's just having a look at it. Um, see what he thinks and then I come out from underneath the bottom of the car somebody grabs my hand pulls me up hands me a mug of tea and says so Matt what's the problem and by this point (laughs) I just this was right at the start of it and by this point already through that I was like I knew what the setup was you're a mechanic now so I just turned to her and said sorry love I can't touch it it's got asbestos in it it's going to cost a fortune and then the other mechanic but but it's basically it's the idea of whatever you do in these scenarios there's no wrong answer yeah they just play off you and everyone plays off you and the one they did last year, which I was involved with, had one where you went in and you were a TV host for a TV show. Right. So you literally walk through this door and there's a full audience, about 100 people, a camera crew, a live band plays a, a little jingle and somebody says, welcome to the Matt show. And then you actually go and sit on a sofa and interview like somebody who's pretending to be a celebrity. <laughs> and every time you make a joke, Simon's freaking out every now. time you make a joke and look at the audience, they all laugh. But they actually even got proper celebrities. When my girlfriend did it, she was um, interviewing, oh, what's he called? Dominic from The Wire, the guy who played McNaughty what? from The Wire. What? Really? Dominic West. Yeah, they actually got proper celebrities to do it to make it feel real. And I was in the army scene 
Sorry, and this quickly, but I was in the army scene for that. I did it every night for like months. I became so buff because basically the army scene was, <laughs> it was like 14 blokes all in army gear and yeah. you're standing around this barracks. And then as soon as the, the passenger, as they're called, walked into the room, we all had to run next to our bunk beds and stand to attention. Yeah, and the then basically they were, they were the person in charge. And most of the time, people just walked in and they immediately worked that out. And so they just started strutting around giving us orders yeah. or inspecting us. But it's amazing because people reacted differently. Some people would just come in and inspect us. Some people would come and say, oh, you're doing a great job. I just want you to say, you know, you're doing a fantastic job. And yeah. we go, th- thank you, sir. Or thank you, ma'am. All uh, we got so like attuned to doing it all perfectly yeah, in time yeah, yeah. to make it feel real. But sometimes you just get people in and say, "Drop and give me a hundred. Just do it. Well, and the only rule was whatever they told us to do, we had to do it within reason. Within reason. <laughs> but no, actually, we did actually have one girl who just literally walked in. Uh, she must have been a girl about you know our age, sort of twenty five or whatever. She just walked in, saw a room of fourteen men, realized that they were completely at her control, and she just said, "Take all of your clothes off." <laughs> And, and we there did. You go. <laughs> there you are. But yeah, basically, long story short, Stanley Parable. The Stanley Parable <laughs> is like the opposite of that, where instead of having this scenario where you have absolute control and you are the most important person there yeah. and you can do whatever you want and the world will adapt to suit you, the Stanley Parable is the opposite, where you are a useless, impotent agent trying to fight against invisible forces that will always win but because of that you keep you become increasingly devious in trying to work out how you can beat the system but it's always got an answer I don't think you can amazing absolutely amazing I'll play this game the the final point I want to make about it before we uh, we move on is that last night the guys the two developers uh, were doing an ask me anything on reddit and just this kind of sums up their approach to the development with this game. Uh, someone asked about Oculus Rift Support, which is very popular in those kind of walk around, um, you know, this interactive space kind mm. of games. Very, very popular. And they said, yeah, we'd love to do that, but we want it so you're sitting down at Stanley's desk playing the Stanley Parable on his computer. So you'd be looking for the Oculus Rift, sitting down in Stanley's room, and in front of you is the actual <laughs> game on the PC. I was like, oh, this is... That's exactly why this game works, because that's how you, you take something like the Oculus Rift, and that's what you want to do with it. And how, that would freak me out, I think, uh, just playing that, because you'd be so invested in, in that kind of feeling of being Stanley in his I think it's world. genius. It's but, selling yeah, very well. Bravo. It's selling very well. Yeah, it sold like 100,000 free days or something. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I honestly think it's genius, and there aren't many things that I... It's just, it's so clever, yeah. I, I find it. I find it really inspiring. It's just like there we go, Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable. Yeah. Um, I mean, apart from that, there haven't really been. Anything else. We, we are going to talk about how to survive, but we can't talk about how to survive after the Stanley Parable. Yeah, it's... how to survive is a top-down, boring zombie game. Next, I mean, literally, <laughs> that is it, and it doesn't even play very well. It plays all right. It's fine. We play, yeah, we played a bit of co-op last night, and it was, it, it was just it's it, in the Stanley Parable, which we've just been talking about, is such an inventive game, and that just felt the it just opposite. Just ticks the boxes. It, so after got, an hour, you just bored out of your mind it's a survival game so it's got it's got a pretty decent crafting system and i think that's probably one of the strengths of the game but mm. everything life it's, is it's too short to for average games yeah yeah i'd agree yeah um, it's just it's this. just another zombie game and there's better ones out there go play them instead yeah, there's so absolutely. many good ones yeah i still want to play state of decay yeah. that's the thing this this is kind of, i mean it's not like state of decay but it kind of follows the same <laughs> ideas and, and some trouble there, yeah. <laughs> let's just have brat's minute <laughs> yeah. where oh, he fixes his excuse, microphone excuse me welcome yep. to brat's nope. minute where he readjusts his microphone so he can it, yeah, oh it's that was it's not fair to anybody <laughs> 
Sorry. I'm going to make you pay how to survive all day now. That's the last brass minute you get. Yeah. You yeah, didn't get be- four minutes. We were going to have brats of the future as a regular. Yeah. No, you're out. You're I'm out. Done. It's done over. Now. Dead. But yeah, so yeah, how to survive is just, you know, it's fine. And I'm sure some people will get an enjoyment out of it because people love zombies. But it's just, you feel, after playing for five minutes, you feel like you've already played that it. That kind of mentality before. though, oh, I, but I like games with zombies. And it's like, if your ability to enjoy things is purely based without irony on the content, <laughs> the thematic yeah, content, yeah, but Batman. then, look, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm talking to the wrong person here, aren't I? <laughs> No, I, uh, don't be wrong. I lo- it's like I love shit sci-fi films. Yeah. And I, but I will say, in my defence, I'll say tonight I'm going to watch a shit sci-fi film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it. And then people say, "Is it good?" And I'll go, "It's fucking and shit." It's not always true because Batman and Robin's the worst film ever made. Yes. the worst film ever made. I'm glad you were like, able to so, appreciate that. You know, it doesn't always work. So yeah. Um, I mean, other updates quickly this week. I've been playing more Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not very far. I've just got so distracted by feeding my Pokemon's cakes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, yes. we see how that works out. It works out well. So. I'm really good. I've spent a lot of time on the weekend because it's got these, this weird cycle where you can, you, you feed them cakes to make them like you more and if they like you more, you get a slight XP boost in battle. As you and, would, yeah. And actually, in, this is an interesting one, right? Because I read all these, oh, these reviews back into the Pokemon stats. No, 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 not the stats. <laughs> And all the reviews I read and all the little guides that came out on launch, everyone said, oh, the Pokemon and me thing, pointless they just basically went ah it's you know it's pointless like it's just what you do basically it's saying you can get a couple of special pokemon by making them like you more yeah like they evolve because they love you which is like incredibly lame <laughs> um but they kind of just wrote it off as being oh it's just a girly thing whatever doesn't make a difference it does make a difference right because i found out that my main pokemon i've given him like shit loads of cake yeah like if you haven't seen the video i made of me and uh chris uh, with our guide to pokemon yeah, yeah, and yeah, me I'm glad there was a point to that. i'd Brad recommend this, you watch this. that um <laughs> <laughs> it is basically a video of me force feeding Chris cakes. The video we all wanted to see. That's yeah. the only. Point. You should really watch that. But it's um, it's great because if they love you loads, your Pokemon, then occasionally you they just dodge it's attacks great. and stuff because, like, for no reason, a little heart. That's what pops love out does, them. and it's <laughs> like they just dodge it. Because... Doesn't make any sense. I know because they love you loads. They try and take less damage. It's mental, right? It says it says something like it comes up saying, "Oh, um, they dodged the attack because the power Matt saw it coming, and they were so attuned with Matt." <laughs> So it's like, what? Like, he's the one in the fight, and I saw an attack for him coming and you're in before tune. he did. And you've got a mental link because you fed you've them You've got, cakes. like, cake yeah. love. But it's got this stupid little mini-game, right? Which is, like, you make... You basically, it's a puzzle game. We have to move the tiles, swap the tiles around to make yeah. the puzzle picture. And it's the, the... In my mind, it's the most efficient way of largely... Quickly accruing large quantities of, of these cakes. Right. <laughs> oh, God, you've but, optimized. I have optimised it. This is the thing. It's mental, right? Everyone else I know is there on Twitter, like, twit-picking, like, um, that they've beaten the Elite Four, and it's like, congratulations, you're the Pokemon master. Yeah. Nowhere near. I've got, like, two badges. You're feeding cake. Two team badges. Yeah. I am, like, I'm so into the cake metagame. But it's really hard, because I was just playing it on the weekend. I was so fucking hungover, trying to play this really puzzle-y game. Yeah. And just lying in bed with my girlfriend, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Feeding my Shut Pokemon, up, my, just my brain out, <laughs> trying to do pokey cake puzzles. That's good though. It's power of Nintendo. Is it, is it good? Have you have you, uh, not, have you started it, thinking no, about I've getting it? I've got it now. You've got I've it. Downloaded it. So you've got to give it a go. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. I needed a 3ds charger that's turned up yesterday, so I can charge my DS again. And so I'll play. I'm going to play Pokemon. First I wanna, time I wanna ever. See you, I want to see your like because you don't really know anything about it, right? Nothing. That's amazing. Yeah. I want you. To, what I want you to do. 
could you like play it for like two hours mm-hmm. without looking up anything or yeah. asking anything and then just write something about that experience? Yes, I can do that. Because that'd be amazing. All right. It'd be like an eloquent adult talking about being a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play it. I've that'd already be, said oh, this. Awesome. I was, a good big Pokemon friend of mine, I said to him, I don't play it. He was over the moon. So this is happening. This is a real thing. Ah, yes. yeah. yeah. Pokemon, gotta catch them all. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. apart from that, big That's update it. to Dota 2 this week. Yeah, yeah. no, no. So you're, well, you're no. pretty angry about some bongs, bongos. It's kind of faux angry, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've, yeah. they've made some major changes. I'll keep this light because I know that is just so niche. But it's not. I don't, it's it's, it's the massive. Thing is, it's I, weird. It's huge. massive but niche. I it's always think strange. of it as being niche because I'm like, oh, I better not talk about Dota too much. Cause, uh, but it's like, it does have six and a half million monthly players. Yeah, which strange. is way more than most games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think it's only beaten by lol right is yeah oh <laughs> well, and actually i don't even know where the, the wild takers are anymore stuff, i suppose um warcraft's up at like 10 million i think it's lower still. than that now isn't it is it I oh think, yeah. shit but still yeah, yeah. Nine. Yeah. yeah but uh no basically it's um they've changed all these things but yeah i made a stupid video because they've changed the noise it makes when a game's ready and me and my friends really don't like the new one we were like what have they done with the old noise <laughs> the old one is better the old one's far more epic and exciting and now it goes like it's just rubbish it's like Age of Empires now but yeah I made a stupid campaign video called Bring Back the Bong Bring Back the Bong how's it going it's going alright lots of people seem to really kind of like resonate with this message anyone from Val got in touch yet no one yet but hopefully they'll early days yeah, they might do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they at least make it an option. Yeah. Well, um, I guess um, it's probably worth talking about whilst we're on the topic of Dota and you you about to, by the sounds of it, about to jump ship over the uh, <laughs> the lack of bongs. But, I'm done. Uh, I'm done Blizzard, with Blizzard have, well, kind of re-revealed their MOBA game this week. Oh, yeah, Blizzard all uh, Which is Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> I actually thought it was called Blizzard All-Stars hey, what, for a second. It, 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 it used to be called, that was the... Blizzard All-Stars. Oh, Blizzard All-Stars. All right, I was going to say. put a Y in. Always, always a bit of Y in. Put a bit of Y in for lads. Yeah, so Blizzard are now just, they're going after everything, aren't they? They've got, they're, they're releasing a very addictive card game. They've got WoW, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. StarCraft 2 is like, you know, such a community around that game and the kind of eSport I'm a bit worried about Probably. Blizzard, really. And now they're going into the mobile market. They're going to take over the I'm world. I'm a bit worried about... Well, I don't think they about? are. They're not well, kicking ass. Well, listen, right? Re- like, really recently, Vivendi... Um, because Vivendi owned Activision Blizzard, right? Mm-hmm. Not anymore. That's not, not anymore. Yeah. They bought themselves back. Yeah. But I have... Little, little birds have told me for a while that there was an interesting situation with Blizzard and uh, Activision in the fact that because they were both these companies that were a joint company but owned by the parent company Vivendi that they were trying to justify that they were more important and more valuable than the other because they were Sounds worried healthy. they were worried that Vivendi were going to kind of basically downscale yeah, yeah, and make metal. one in control of the other yeah, yeah. so for a while it looked like the option obvious option would be Blizzard right but then WoW started to slip uh, Starcraft 2 allegedly I've heard from people didn't really make as much money as they really wanted to that, what were their projections well My I mean they spent a lot of money on well, it yeah, I mean, it's a very nice game True. Heart of the Swarm which is another H-O-T-S um, abbreviation isn't it so the Heroes of the Storm Heart of well, the Swarm uh, is, yeah. Heart of the Swarm just doesn't seem to have the same buzz about it that many were expecting I, I mean we're not we, we play a bit of Starcraft but well this is the thing Starcraft very... it felt like Starcraft was a really big thing in yeah. Korea. It was like... The, oh, yeah. It was the and thing. it still yeah, is. It still is. But it looked like StarCraft 2 was the point at which it went global. Mm. And it actually became like a thing across yeah, yeah, yeah. the world. 
And it kind of looked like for a little while it might be, but now it isn't. And, you know, a lot of, uh, like, Slasher, who was the esports dude for GameSpot, I think. Yeah. Basically, like, it seems like the whole StarCraft 2 community thing has really kind of died down a bit. Yeah. And it, even to the fact that Total Biscuit used to do loads of StarCraft stuff, and now he's actually said he's made a conscious effort saying, I'm going to learn Dota, I'm going to play Dota, because it's the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It basically looks like, you know, that, that, League of Legends has sort of already achieved what StarCraft aimed to. Oh, definitely, yeah. They, it's the obviously two different parts of the esport kind of world but they're going after the same idea but it does seem to be since heart of the swarm that it, that's everyone was expecting that to be the kind of regeneration because it was starting to slow down with wings of liberty heart of the swarm was supposed to get everyone back excited and it did for a little while and then it that just seems to have died out but those games i mean those games are expensive like i mean like there's oh yeah you look at a game like i mean even diablo 3 like, it's such a shame they spaffed it up with the online auction house. But, like, mm. if you play that game on a PC, it looks incredible. Yeah, they and don't do op- things half assed It's optimised to run so well on, like, older PCs as well. Like, it will still look good and run smoothly on old PCs. And it's like, whoa. Like, yeah. they spent a lot of money making this work. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, the auction house is a weird misstep. Uh, the fact that they're kind of splitting off to do all these different types of games now. It's unlike them, isn't it? They usually stick to one it project and push unusual. it hard. Yeah, no, definitely. And actually something this morning that um, Chris pointed out about Hearthstone has me a bit worried about it in the fact that there's basically you can play just versus head-to-head but it seems like the real meat of the pie, the fun mode, is arena mode, right? Yeah, that's what I tend to play and that's that's the one I, I mentioned briefly. Um, you kind of, you don't use one of your decks, it gives you a choice of cards and you build a deck um, depending on these random cards that it presents to you and then you have to try and do as well as you can with those this new deck that you formed and that to me in a deck building game because for those of you who aren't familiar basically one of the reasons i'm still not sure about hearthstone is it feels a bit too reliant on just building decks which mm. is almost a sort of auteur thing of being able to it, it's a bit tricky i mean yeah. I, I personally like games where I, one of the reasons i like card hunter is because it, you, having a good deck matters but if you get a some bad cards then there are other you've got like the tactical layer which allows you to have more options so yeah. you can get yourself out of a bad situation by being clever whereas yeah. in if you just get bad cards in a straight card game it, you're kind of boned yeah, yeah. and and I, the, those first few turns when you haven't got much money to spend and you don't get the right cards it can be tricky but i don't know building the decks and particularly having these random cards to pick from that you don't know what to expect i really like well, no, that that's that's cool yeah. That's the that's the thing is having this mode where you just get a set of cards and you've got to build the best deck you can out of it completely levels the field. Yeah, exactly. It's balanced. Uh, rather than because I mean the problem I have with it is I know that if I spent a couple of hours t- tweaking a perfect decks, then I'd probably play better at that and game. The, and and the thing is when you're playing against people with their own decks, there's you know there's there are cards that the legendary cards. Um, are going to be better than the ones you have unless you put a lot of time or spent some money on it, which is the whole free to play. thing. Well, that's the thing. And it's a free to play game, and I, I appreciate they've made it so you can buy decks of cards yeah. with money. That's cool. But the thing about the arena that seems weird is it's like in playing the beta, mm-hmm. you don't earn gold very quickly. Like you have to complete quests, which yeah. like, take a little while to complete. So I haven't really earned that much gold. Yeah. And it seems like when the game comes out to play the arena, you need to invest 150 gold yeah. um, to get into the arena. And yeah. then when you're in there, you've got the capacity to make loads of gold, right? Not loads, but it's, it's, that's, it seems unless you're going straight after the quest, it's quicker than just playing normal matches. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, when you, that 150 gold kind of gives you an entrance to the, the arena and you have this deck that you, you kind of randomly uh, put together and that lasts either three losses or nine victories. So if you win a lot of games, you'll earn that gold back. Um, I'm not sure how much you get per win, but if you don't, yeah, 150 gold does take a little while to build up. Well, that's the thing, like, and it kind of feels like it's weirdly kind of 
a bit gambly in my mind. The fact that you can, I guess it is a little bit. Of yeah. Being like you, you spend gold which you can buy with real money to get into this mode in which you can earn gold back more quickly yeah. if you play well. <laughs> it's a bit like gambling. It sounds on paper a lot like gambling. Yeah. And at the moment, it's the beta, so it's free to go into the arena. Yeah. And it's free to play that mode. But when it comes out, they've they've said on the forums that they're going to it's going to be 150 gold, which is about two pounds, I think, two dollars actually. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, it's weird. And Blizzard are the ones kind of pushing forwards these new ways of introducing player real money into virtual economies. I guess yeah. obviously the auction house didn't work, but it was an interesting idea. Well, that's the thing, it, this I, is, and um, that's this is why I'm worried about Blizzard, mm. right? Is because Blizzard um, made so much money for such a long time off the monthly subscription model yeah. of World of Warcraft, and now anyone with any sense realizes that that is dead for games. Really, like it's just it's or not dying, happening. Yeah. We're dying fast. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are games coming out there doing it, but I mean, like you know. too many of them are copying WoW. That definitely the the kind of WoW approach to it is is obviously on the decline. It's not sustainable unless you've got like quite low overheads, yeah. basically. And the problem with Blizzard is they clearly haven't got low overheads because oh, no. they've been going at this yeah. for a long time. So now it seems like they're desperately trying to to work out a way that they can get back their glory days. And I don't know. I'm just not sure about the way they're doing it. I'll be really interested to see what their mob is like because. Um, yeah. It's weird. I mean, I play so much Dota 2. I'm now up to a 750-hour mark. Good grief. Uh, which, which actually puts it at, I think it is now the game I've played the most. In Surely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game before that was Fantasy Star Online, which I played about 600 hours yeah. across three versions. So yeah, it's the most, wow. it's the most played game I've ever played. Yeah. And I'm still not even remotely bored of it. I feel like I'm only just starting to learn it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people are now getting to that stage where because lol and dota are two giants people are starting to say you know the moba market is just it's it's almost full like that those those are two you know behemoths to try and go against is it worth it and for a lot of people as we've seen we played a few uh people trying to get into the moba market recently what was the uh the batman um, variation called yeah the, the marvel one was uh really it's called oh, infinite, crisis. Infinite, infinite crisis infinite yeah. crisis is pretty terrible we, from what i've heard i haven't actually had a chance to play it and from what i've heard i've got no time for it, it sounds like gash yeah there's it's it's tricky for for people of that kind of level to come in and go up against those big guys but blizzard you know are a huge yeah. company and yeah they got the experience the knowledge and the cash the moba genre started in one of their games like it's, yeah. it wasn't their product but it started from the warcraft universe. and you know blizzard versus valve that's a fight that i'm oh I'd yeah say, big know. guns going at it tonight to the death. yeah exactly. saturday night live exactly i'm up and for it yeah you know what like even if it turns out to be a flop it's probably not a bad thing for the whole genre anyway because it won't be a flop. You, the, the more kind of competition in that space the better because you don't want you don't want League of Legends and Dota to get too comfortable you know what if anything what will happen is exactly what's happened with Hearthstone I've got to say right I don't like to slag off like industry peers but honestly the the reaction to Hearthstone has made me just go oh, for fuck's sake guys come on wake up in the fact that every bloody website in the world has suddenly gone oh look collectible card games these are really cool aren't they and just started talking <laughs> about Hearthstone way, I know it's always the way but this is the difficult thing is it's very mm. difficult to kind of try and, and it is difficult to try and balance uh, talking about big games because they're big yeah. and talking about interesting games because they're interesting but what I always find a bit kind of like mm, is when it's like you're just talking about games because they're made by yeah. important companies and giving them like a lot of coverage because yeah, of that. Yeah, no, it does I, suck. And you know, it's the thing is, I think Hearthstone is pretty good. It's mm. incredibly well polished, and it has that wonderful Blizzard sheen of every time you do anything good, it makes you feel nice. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, that um, not haptic feedback, but I just, I don't know. I I know you, the point you're going to make. It's we've been playing other card games like Scrolls, like Card Hunter. 
And I don't know, think it, Scrolls is. I think it's it's kind of maybe on par with Scrolls, maybe better I, than Scrolls. I, I prefer it to Scrolls just because for me, they I, I love the Warcraft universe and yeah. the all of those every single card in Hearthstone. I know where it's come from and. I kind of go, oh, that's cool because it works like that because of how it works. I get that. And that's just a setting thing for me. With scrolls, they're all new ideas, and that's great. But I mean, I'd say scrolls isn't, I wouldn't say scrolls is better than Hearthstone, but I would say that Card Hunter is better. But it's more that I just say that there's there's just, this is not a new thing. It's just so not a new thing. Magic the Gathering has been around for so long. And Magic the Gathering video games have been around for so long as well. But it's just always a bit weird and depressing when it's like, suddenly it's almost like kind of the industry wakes up (laughs) and just goes, oh, this is a genre. That's the thing. It happened with Dota. It did happen with Dota, but I reckon when the Blizzard thing happens, it's. I'll be even bigger. Because Blizzard, yep. That's the world, and it um, sucks. It's just a bit rubbish. Yeah, it is it like, come on, chaps, wake up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, as I say, like, actually, I honestly think the Card Hunter is a better game. So, boomf. there you go. There you go. Kapow. Um, yeah. Any other business, chaps? Or is it on so. time for news and questions? I'll, I'll be asking questions. There's no Dave to fire his, his cannon There's of news. no news. <laughs> Nothing's it's happening. Sims got delayed till 2014. Timefall got a release date. Timefall got a release date. Timefall got a two hundred and fifty pound collector's oh, edition. Oh yeah, okay. What, what's included in that? Because I only glanced at <laughs> a, a, a real life Titan. I saw a glowing robot. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a glowing statue. That's all I've. All I really not worth. I tell you, look. A is not two hundred fifty pounds. B is two hundred fifty dollars in the states, which we're getting ripped off twice. That's hat though. It's always like you spend a fortune on it, and it's always quite. I mean, I've never done it, but I've always seen them, and they're always not quite as nice as you think they yeah. should be. I, mean, a, I can't. I do do it with some games. You can always a lot of tell it's been dry brushed really badly and cooked yeah. by some Chinese child. Wow. Um, okay. There great. you go. <laughs> it's not me being racist. This means having yeah. a problem with the, the way that <laughs> the production <laughs> of these things occurs. Um, carry on. Cool. Well, yeah, we haven't really got a whole lot of news. Um, questions. Then shall we move on to questions? Yeah, question me, baby. Okay. 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 Oh, this actually relates to what we were talking about earlier. This is from the forum user Jen Pen, who asks: It feels games are heavily influenced by films, but is that a good thing? Cinema is a passive medium for the viewer, um, and obviously, video games are more of an interactive experience. Is it a good thing that we take that people are striving for to compare games with movies? What is it a good thing that developers are trying to make games more like uh, movies? Okay, best example <laughs> recently, Beyond. Um, well, that's where I think it goes wrong. And I've said this before, I liked Heavy Rain. So that'd be a good example of it. Because it was like you were involved and you were interacting with a really well-told sure detective story, which was awesome. Whereas Beyond, I felt like I was involved, I felt like I was watching a film and I happened to, you know, I, I would push the play button every now and then. Or the, or the skip button, you know, to, to get to the next point. That's bad. I think it depends on the game you're trying to make. Because L.A. Noir was obviously very inspired by films, and I loved L.A. Noir. I thought it was fantastic. I yeah. enjoyed it immensely. You, you just got. I, I think yeah. the problem sure, I have. Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. I, I liked. Do you I, know I, really liked I thought L.A. Noir was fucking irritating. Oh my gosh, I loved L.A. Noir. I loved the music. <laughs> <laughs> the music was fucking. It real. was amazing. No, I loved L.A. Noir. I loved the ambience. I, loved I just, I fucking hated the game. Really? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I agree that it, it definitely got repetitive. You always ended up chasing someone for a street, but I. The actual investigation stuff, I was yeah. a big fan of that. No, I, think. I thought it was shit. And I liked the, uh, what was it? What was <laughs> great great counterpoint. <laughs> was it not questions? It's like news night, this. What was the... Yeah, the questioning. So when yeah, but you what were... was the, it wasn't, it was the, you pushed triangle. Truth, it was, lies. what was the middle one? Oh. Like suspect or something. Yeah. It, suspect, it was just like, be a massive dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that it. Was the best part of the game. Yeah. It was always so over the top. Shouting at I'll give you my TLDR like, thing about, right. But the, my problem with Anuar, right, is it's trying to be... Um, too much right if they've taken out the open world and taken out the driving and taken out the shooting 
and just made it a really good detective game. I, an I think it would have been awesome. Maybe, but it felt yeah. like Rockstar probably said, "Look, it needs to be. It needs to be all these things." The open world just felt pointless. I did love driving. It around was it nice, though. but yeah. that was it. There was nothing to do in it. It was just like a movie. You're right. Set. No, yeah, no, true. And it felt like they spent a lot of time doing that, and then you still had like shooting that was pretty ropey. You had like running around that was pretty ropey, <laughs> and then you had the actual. I think the detective stuff was balls. I still loved it. I, can't, I remember I there was can't a bit. Otherwise, I was around my mate Steve Hogarty's house, and he was playing it. And he was just going mental. And I, I was like, yeah, you're right, this game is bollocks. And the fact that literally he's like, look at this. And he goes into this guy's room and he opens up this cupboard and it's like Phelps sees that there's boxes and boxes of morphine, like boxes full of morphine yeah. that are all clearly illegal. And he's talking to him and he tries, he, like Phelps calls him up on the fact that he's smuggling morphine. And there is no option to just go, it's bloody there. It's like, it's like you can see it. You can see it behind him. And there's no option to just go, it's fucking there. Video games. And he kept pressing the accuse and he accuses him. For, for, he's like, oh, you were yeah. here at this point. It's like, what oh, are you saying? It, it was definitely flawed, but I, I just love that it was pushing a game in that direction because we, we haven't got that many great detective It wasn't games. even as good as Phoenix Wright. That's my problem with it. Phoenix Wright is a better detective I did. game. I, I, I can't comment on that, but I did love it anymore. I did think it was fantastic. I think if they'd actually like done the actual, like um, made it like Phoenix Wright in terms of if you actually had like... <laughs> Objection. An, well, if you had an idea of what you were going to say. I mean, Phoenix Wright was still a lot of trial and error. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. When it's better than Phoenix Wright, Phoenix Wright, it's logic and it's stuff is often mental. It's yeah. not perfect by any means. But come on. Like it was basically, it was this thing of like, you'd be kind of like, you'd, acu- you'd want to like, you know, talk to an old lady and you'd be like, mm, mm. and you press the button to go, I think she's suspicious. And you'd be like, you've been sticking candlesticks <laughs> that, up your ass. <laughs> I advise everyone to go to watch the funny or die LA Noir. Oh, that is amazing. It's absolutely hilarious. But going back to the question, yeah. I think that it's good as long as it's done right, which is a stupid thing to say. Yeah, but some developers are good at it. Some developers I, I, are not good at it at all. So you need to pick and choose. It's very important that you remember what you know what games can do better than other medium take inspiration from it i think i was playing um device six on which is an ios game over the weekend and that that game's obviously based on um on the way a story is presented when you're reading a book like it's very much done by the text but it doesn't forget that you're playing a game and it basically it presents the the text as kind of a map so if you choose one option you'll, you'll be walking down a corridor and there'll be two ways to go. And both ways are presented as sentences. And so you choose each one. That's cool. Continue as a sentence. And it, it, take, it, it obviously presents a very well thought out story to you yeah. in a way that you would read in a story, but it remembers exactly why you know, you're playing it on an iPhone or an iPad in the first place. I'll the, tell you an interesting point, actually. I just remembered. I was reading an article the other day about uh, The Wolf Among Us, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but it made a really good point, and actually, it's something I hadn't really thought about. Was the fact that it was, you know, all the reviews have described the Wolf Among Us as being like noir and mm, classic. Yeah. And what? And but he said, well, what does that actually mean? Like when we say, oh, it's noir, and it's because it's not black and white. It's not lit exactly like a noir. It's kind mm. of quite a neon, fresh look. But really, what noir means is this kind of like brooding, smoking yeah. males Humphrey violence. Bogart. And it's, but it's all like, you know, he kind of made the point of saying all of the women are really attractive women who just get beaten up or murdered. Femme fatales. And, you know, that's the thing is, it's actually kind of like, I think an interesting point about trying to make games like movies is to do that. Mm. You've got to riff off of tropes, right? Yeah. And you've got to riff off of stuff that's already classic. Yeah, because people is, can, they can, they can uh, what's the word? 
engage with that. Yeah, but the problem is a lot of this classic stuff is actually like quite outdated. So I think one of the major problems, which I hadn't really thought about going forward, I don't think it's like been a major issue until quite recently. The world's changing, you know. Mm. Uh, it's one of those things where if you continue to riff off of uh, film styles of narrative that were invented like 40, 50 years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, that's true. Then actually, you know... There'll be a disconnect somewhere. Being yeah. a bit backwards with yeah. the times and stuff. I mean, it's not something I'm like massively like, you know. But, but no, at the same time, it's like, it's an yeah. interesting point. Yeah, interesting point. What's the Maltese Falcon, if you like noir films? Oh, Maltese Falcon, it's a great, yeah, great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, another question from the, the forums from Adeste Fidelis. With both next-gen consoles featuring mainly off-the-shelf PC components, do you <laughs> think the prices will come down much faster than the previous generation? No, machines? definitely not. I, I don't, <laughs> no I don't no see way. why the advantage... They're both <laughs> making losses on those bad boys, so they'll keep them up. The only person that doesn't make a loss usually is Nintendo. They did with the Wii U for a bit. But yeah, no way. They, they will stay high until they can start making profits or until sales bomb, but I think they'll both do all right, to be honest. It's the same system as ever. Doesn't it, there's no dribs and drabs or changes. It's just yeah. it's consistent, and then at some point they will make a slim also, version, yeah. which will be... Yeah. I've noticed now, I'm not falling for the slim stuff ever again. I've never bought a slim console, because ever. Because every time you buy a slim console, you get bought in by the how cool it looks, and they're always like less well-made. Like yeah, I think so. My slim Xbox 360 has caused me so much grief when my original one was just fine. Like, absolutely fine. Yeah. There you go. Uh, just the components and the yeah, way they're that, assembled. That, that, it's just is, poor. And that isn't like an idea that suddenly struck them like, oh my God, we can fit it in a smaller box. No, the, it's the slim planned now. Already planned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It, they, they're ready. They go, all right, now we can use cheaper components. We can manufacture them cheaper. Exactly. We'll put it in a Make shiny money box. Off of it and charge less. Exactly. Gosh. Okay, moving over to the Twitterers. Uh, we've got one from Jonathan Baller who asks, what game are you most looking forward to coming out within the next six months, which is... April. Mario Kart 8, I've decided. Mario Kart 8? Yeah, how bad is that? But I've gone with Mario Kart 8. This this kind of fits back into what we were talking about at the beginning. I I struggled with this one a little bit because I I want to pick a next-gen game that's going to excite me about the the next generation of the consoles in particular. And I don't know, Titanfall's pretty much the one I'd go to just because a lot of people are very excited about it. It's a game that's going to take advantage of... Watch Dogs is in that period now as well. Eight months. But I don't know, (laughs) Titanfall... I don't know, Watch Dogs, man. I'm not, I've never been excited about Watch Dogs, but a lot of people are. I know, I know. I was but, excited about it with the first trailer. <laughs> That's the thing, I was excited about it by the time, later. but then yeah. Yeah, I think they've ever done it. We, yeah, Mario we Kart, about it. Yeah, Mario Kart 8 is definitely mine, because I feel like... <laughs> well, Mario Kart Wii wasn't a proper Mario game. It took a lot I, of stuff out of it. And it wasn't I, I love that when we... Actually, were... I'll tell you what, I'm actually partly excited by Mario Kart 8, because if we can, as soon as Mario Kart 8 comes out, hopefully we can just stop playing fucking FIFA in the office at lunchtimes. And I can start... I'm the only game I'm good at in the world. And a lot of people have seen my YouTube, and they go, Simon, you're so shit at games yes I am but I'm really <laughs> fucking good at Mario Kart so I'll start playing people and beating them it'll be uh, amazing it's with incredible conviction I believe you I'm pretty good at it myself I really am I really am. Mario Kart DS uh, and 3DS to a lesson. I'm so good at I'm so proud of myself the only game I'm good at in the world I see I think I'm going to have to have a bit of training montage I remember um, when we were at E3 and you played it for the first time and we were at the Nintendo thing together I was like so what, what did you think about that it's like what did you not did you not see that you can go upside down, Chris. Upside down. <laughs> that's all I need. That's the kind of assignment we need, though. Exactly. Like, it's, it's very easy upside for people just to go. Tricks. Oh, that's just the same thing again. Come on, you can go upside down. It's got yeah, gliders. Exactly. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. I can't wait. I'm so excited. No, that looks okay. fun. I'm, my game's Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls of course, too. yeah. Exciting. Same I'm, week as Watch Dogs Down. Same week. Yes. I don't think either will affect. I think they both have big uh, fan bases now. No. Dark Souls 2 is just looking amazing. Dark I'm, Dark I'm still is... miffed about the, the way the game's being handled, but it doesn't matter. Just going to like get it when it comes out. Done. Beautiful. Uh, question from Dog Ryan 100 asks, uh, why is Dave here? 
He's not. He's not. No, 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 no. Why is Dave here? As in, with Dog Ryan 100. Oh, right. I don't know. That's, Dave, that's Dave, I thought Dave was in Sweden, but. I, I think you might want to ring the police. Yeah. If Dave does show up at your house unannounced, do just uh, call the police yeah, and yeah. Door. distract him with achievements. Throw that avatar game cheese at him, strings are good as well. Or cheese strings. Yeah. You'll need multiple to get him away. <laughs> you really get the scent, you know. <laughs> the mistake a lot of people make, they'll think, oh, Dave's here. This is, this is amusing, isn't it? How unusual. No, no he's a dangerous no. man, and you need yeah. to just get some kind of authority there. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot of fun on the podcast, sure, but what you don't see is that he's always <laughs> um, chained to the chair yeah. quite exactly. firmly exactly. with a and special drugs. mask often foaming at the mouth as mm. well he's yes. got a special mask that allows him to talk clearly but not bite exactly mm. so like yeah just I would say don't be afraid but do be afraid be very afraid uh, we got this from Francis Reyes who asked do you think Red Dead Redemption 2 will ever come out it's being made yes. right now <laughs> it's cool I'll put, put all the money I own own? I guess I own money uh, it's being made right now it's yeah. old what? Loads. 16 million? Loads. Yeah, and also, it's brilliant. It's a bloody cowboy game yeah. that sold more than 50 million copies. I am excited copies. about like... what they do, though, because I won't spoil yeah, the game, because the way it ends is quite definitive, shall we say. I think it's one of the best and game endings of our generation. Well, I think it's the best game ending ever. I was thinking about this Ooh, the other yeah, day. It's a close it's one. my favourite one ever. Nothing beats it. Yeah. But it's definitely being made. And I'd say it'll probably come out 2015 would be my guess. I don't think they'll do it next year. No, I think, I think next year. Do you think next year? Yeah. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. But I think it'll be 2015. What about Agent as well? There's a lot of, there's a lot of in-jokes in Agent in Green Giant Theft Auto. Do you know them? Oh, right, yeah. Do you remember Agent? Yeah. They announced it, it be six years ago now, PS3 I think. exclusive, right? But now, and then they said, oh no, it's not that anymore. And they said, we don't know anything <laughs> about it. What? Agent. That's, that's all we know. All we, all we know is a logo. That's really? all it ever released. So the agent, yeah. So we know. I we think, don't know I, I think there were a couple of screenshots or oh, concept shots. Okay. Really well, probably, early. Yeah, I remember reading a Mag so feature long. about it. Yeah. And Mags tend to be a bit but funny about writing previews I'd, about stuff. I'd be well up for a new IP from Rockstar called Agent. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I, like I, Mission Impossible I've seen a lot shit. of people still want Bully too, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Which is sad because, all right, this is, I don't like doing this. I, I had a dream the other day, right? About Bully too. No, I had a dream where I was playing GTA Five. But it was a weird dream. <laughs> you can play it now, mate. You don't have to dream. Yeah. No, I don't have time. <laughs> That's why so I, play I dream about. Dream. I play my dreams. <laughs> this is what I've become. Oh, no, um, yeah. I, I dreamt about it, but it was basically it was like GTA Five, and Trevor was there, and but it was like on a smaller <laughs> kind of there. campus. It was like I was like I was. It was the three characters, university, but GTA they were at university, yeah. and it was like I was GTA going down. Origins. I kind of stole a Harley. <laughs> I stole a Harley to drive down this sort of little path which led between the two university campuses. It was sort of a cross between GTA 5 and my university, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. Canterbury-Kent. And <laughs> it's a bit easy, easy cross to make that. FAQ. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was amazing because obviously it was a dream, but it wasn't that exciting. But it was more when I woke up, I was disappointed because I really remembered how much I liked the scale of Bully. And having it like, was nice, wasn't it? It was cozy, like Arkham Asylum almost. Like it, had it a felt very set purpose. That's the thing, and it's like uh, GTA Five seems really cool. I've played it for just only about four or five hours. Yeah, um, but it's just so much detail. As oh, it's well. massive, yeah. But it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's huge. And I kind of like the way in Bully, no, yeah, no. you became very slowly familiar. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. Totally agree. It's yeah. a different approach. I think we could see Bully too, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? What was it called here? Canis. 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 Edit. I think they got so bully. fucked by that, like. If, just for course, branding of course you call something bully goodness sake who cares I mean it well, was a game a in which like, everybody thought that it was a game in which you could go and murder teachers probably because, that's what they thought it makes yeah. sense because a manhunt uh, probably it's a game that teaches yeah. people to kill actually it was like cheeky schoolboys getting yeah, off with exactly. each other and firing slingshots at it's, the bums yeah and it's called bully because unfortunately it does happen it was Dennis the Menace 
Yeah, it was. It, it really the was. Game. I think yeah, they should have rebranded to a more Dennis and Menace license. Yeah. Make it black and white with a red. Like Schindler's List, but cheerier. Yeah. It's not a bad marketing pitch. I should be in the meeting. Yeah, you No one's ever described Dennis and Menace in that Let's move on. Yeah. This is the final question from. David Kramis, who asks, are the team concerned that their bullying of Bratters will result in a manifestation of his Tetsuo-esque psychic powers? I hope it will. Yeah, that's what's um, why we're doing it. Do you know it's the whole Tetsuo purpose is? of it. An anime character. You knew more than me. I had to Google it. Oh, no, I know it is. It's from Akira, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. It turns into like a bloody um, explosion, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Simul- Akira is weird. I never understood Akira. It's all right. Stylish. Yeah, it looks amazing. Simultaneous with the burgeoning of his power, Tetsuo's mind becomes unhinged, yada, yada, yada. Rampage is through right? Neo Tokyo in a quest to discover the identity of Akira, destroying much of the city, triggering a civilian uprising. Yeah, that kind of stuff, really. Well, that's it. I mean, I am against the, the brat's bullying. Mm. However... This morning, you know, he did come out with a line without any... I thought you were joking at first. You said, who's Adam Buxton? And I was just... Hey, that, that's it, I've lost you now. I just, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe that I, we'd hired you. I, I just think, <laughs> well... But it's fine, because then it meant I actually got to... You get to introduce it, though. So I spent literally... in the circle of life. Pretty much from 10 in the morning to 11, I pretty much just Educating said, him, yeah. watch Adam Buxton videos, exactly, which yeah. is a kind of work assignment is, is pretty good. Um, but it <laughs> there is, are worse jobs to have, yeah. It's pretty essential as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he won't explode into a psychic mess and destroy half of London. Yeah, if he does, it'd be interesting. It'd be a right? laugh, wouldn't it? Yeah. Would be as long as you get it on tape, get yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah, a video on it, yeah, it's Classic fine. video it's guy good. over here. Yeah, that is actually the sort of video we might make, so yeah. I don't even know anymore. Look out for it, innit? Anyway, um, that's been, probably been a strange <laughs> what podcast. What was that? I kind of enjoyed it. Is that your new catchphrase? Why? Look out for it, innit? It is now. You've been playing too much it, GTA, man. They don't say in it in GTA. I know, but I know British. you started saying that when we were playing. Uh, bruv, look yeah. out for it, well, innit? I, I, came, I was born in Luton, so or Luton, as you pronounce when oh, you're God, in Luton. He's, he's changed. So, he's changed. Please come to Dunstable. God, Dunstable's even worse. I know, no is. offense if you live in Luton, but I still love Luton because obviously it's my spiritual home. No, oh, it's yeah. not. It's my real home. What am I talking about? There's a retro gaming event called Revival, which is next taking place in Dunstable. Dunstable. And I just like the idea of there being an event called Revival, the Dunstable Revival. Well, yeah, it needs it. It sounds like some sort of necromancy, oh, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Oh, and final uh, shout out for the podcast competition. Yes. Ends Pokemon. In, I think it's, is it two weeks today we'll announce the winner? I think so. Yeah, it is. So, go draw a Pokemon. You teach me and I'll teach you Pokemon. Is that the lyrics? Is that the real lyrics? Yes. All oh, right, nice. That's hell. worse than ad- okay, so no, no, it's not. Because we're, we've already established <laughs> over two weeks that I've never played Pokemon. I would have so. thought you might have seen the cartoon though on telly. No, honestly, my Pokemon. Uh, you must have you spent your youth in the gym. Yeah, I did. It was I everywhere. Yeah, I know it was everywhere. But I, I literally, it's like Harry Potter. I, I, I somehow managed to just phase it out entirely. Wow. I don't know how I but did. But Pokemania it, was hard. I mean, as a gamer, it was much harder. To I know. Yeah. I know. I don't you know how well. I did it. I don't you know how well. I did it. I've never even tried. Like, it's just incredible, isn't but it? But yeah, do enter the competition. Basically, the competition is you've got to devolve a Pokemon. So mm-hmm. just get a picture of Pokemon and then, or draw a picture of Pokemon in MS Paint and then draw what the Pokemon looks like if it devolves. Yeah. Basically, it's just an excuse for a form fed on full of really bad MS Paint drawings. Yeah, you can, you can literally draw whatever you want because Pokemon. Yeah, and Jeez. also then we'll do a Tony Hart style gallery where we'll, we'll just and make amazing, awful yeah. comments about it and say that you're all six years old. Yeah. So if you, if you want to be in that at the very least, <laughs> if you win it, you'll win a bloody video game. Yeah. So good on you. Uh, but even if you don't win it, you'll get mild internet fame for like five seconds. Exactly. Mm. And who doesn't want that? And also, it's just bloody funny. So come yeah. along and have a play. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the three-way. If you have, let us know in the comments. It. Different I personally think 
a podcast with three people work better. There but anyway, <laughs> I just think, you know, logistics, logistics. But Semantics. let the internet be a judge. Bye. Bye. Bye.